Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to another issue of Comic Book Tales. And today I want to talk about something that I think is... um, it's taken for granted, but I think it's something that's very important when we're talking about comic book movies. And that is the fact that every company that has a comic character uh, tries to do something a little bit differently, and they try to make it successful, obviously. And we've seen the success of Deadpool, again, not because I like R-rated movies, and you've seen the the... I'll say somewhat success of Batman versus Superman. Critically, no. Um, From a monetary standpoint, I'm not sure what the expectations were for that movie, but it did turn out to be about a billion dollars. Not the most successful movie ever. Uh, And then you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which, again, Deadpool is not part of, Fantastic Four is not part of, the X-Men are not part of, uh, until recently Spider-Man was not part of. There's a formula that goes into making those movies, and I was reading a, an article on Screen Rants, and they, they made it very clear why they think the formula for Marvel is a good thing. And I think when we talk about formulas, we think of it's very routine, very staid, just basically boring. And I think that's where we, we talk about formulaic TV, formulaic movies, beginning, middle, and end, and you, always, you pretty much know what's going to happen. And to some extent, that's true. We do know what's going to happen in these movies. We do know what's going to happen to the characters, especially if you know anything about the characters. You kind of already know a general idea of what's going to happen before you see it. It's physically seeing it. You know, I talk in my opening about the pictures to bring the story to life. Well, the movies do that to a greater extent because they bring the moving pictures to bring the story to life. And that's exciting for a lot of people, but it can be done wrong, done very wrong. Uh, Last summer's Fantastic Four is an example. Not not a good story, not well executed, flopped. It, it was a stinker of a movie by all approximations from anybody who was watching it. Um, by some actors who are decent actors, just they did not they didn't have much to work with. It was a bad story. Uh, Spider Superman versus Batman. You could say that could be the same situation. I talked about this before. Was DC trying to cram too much, too fast into one movie to jumpstart their DC universe? And I think they were. I, I, I thought at the time. I think it, I still think it to this day. So the formula that Marvel put out in their phase one, two, three, and four and beyond was to introduce these characters. Yes, they were lesser known characters. They were less popular characters. The mainstream of the public didn't know who these characters were. Even comic book fans knew who they were, but really weren't in touch with them, probably didn't know much about them. Um, Some of their series had been canceled over a period of time. So they brought all these characters together and said, okay, we're going to tell a good story. Something George Lucas lost sight of in the prequels to Star Wars. We're going to tell a good story 
And then we're going to use the technology of the era to tell that, to accentuate that story. But we got to tell a good story first. Now, some will say Iron Man 2, maybe Iron Man 3, Lost Vision, side of that vision. I'll, I'll, I'll contend that's probably true to an extent. But I think it, it still told an interweaving story. Um, you had Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury, who was in each of those movies. He tied them all together. Now, think about how genius that was. That happened at a time when nobody really knew about the Ultimates universe in, in Marvel Comics, not, not in the mainstream. And you've got Samuel L. Jackson just popping up. Nobody knew what S.H.I.E.L.D. was. Nobody knew what the Avengers were in the general public. This was just some guy popping up at the end in the, the uh, extra, extra credits at the end, and you're thinking, wow, that's what is this? It's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's telling me what's happening next a little bit. And then you would see Iron Man will return in whatever was going to be the next one, or the Hulk will return it. It was interesting because it piqued your interest. It was one of those hooks at the end of uh, a commercial break on TV or radio uh, where you're saying, okay, I've seen enough. I got to stick around. I got to find out what happens next. And the Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe, has done that. To varying extents, but they have done it and they've interwoven it and shown you that this whole thing revolves in the same vicinity, same universe, to use, coin that phrase. It's, it's something that I think DC has not done well. And why do I say that? Frankly, because DC has had separate entities for the entirety of its cinematic universe. If you go back to the the 60s with the Batman movies, even the 40s with the Batman serials, the Superman cartoon or you know, Superman TV show in the 50s, uh, up until today, they're not interconnected. And that's a problem. Even on TV, you've got Gotham, Arrow, and The Flash. They are not interconnected to the uh, DC universe as far as the movies. That's a problem. You've got different people. Smallville was not connected. Uh, Gotham isn't even connected to Flash and Arrow. It's it's very it's very one sided, and we're going to tell our story the way we want to tell it. And that may be successful in a small sense, but if you're trying to create a philosophy over overwhelmingly for the whole universe, it makes it hard. Now, some people say I don't watch Marvel's Agents of Shield. Okay, but it does have touch points into the general cinematic universe. And even though Joss Whedon doesn't want that to be the case, it does. And therefore, there's a connection. So if you see something that happened in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, it affected Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it, it does happen, and it makes it much a much broader universe, and which is where we all want to live. People are fascinated by Game of Thrones and all the interconnections for all those people in the vast universe it's created. And that's what we're doing here. There's just small pieces. You get a little chunk. You get enough to know this story. And, and I've talked about this in other issues. But when a, you introduce a character, you have to introduce that character. And quickly, if it's new, introduce the character and get people to like the character or dislike the character. Get to know the character. And then have a rooting interest for or against that character throughout the rest of the movie. That's hard enough to do with one character you've never met. Now you've introduced in the D in Superman versus Batman, you've introduced Superman again. We know Superman. We know Batman. We don't know them together. We've never seen them together ever in in the 
movie world. Then you introduce Wonder Woman. You introduce uh, The Flash. You introduce Doomsday. It, too much. Too, too much for people to to get behind. It's it's overwhelming. If you're just looking for a slugfest, great. If you're looking for something deeper, you're going to struggle because of that interconnectedness that's lacking. So we got Iron Man. We got Captain America. We've got the Hulk. We've got Ant-Man. We've got the Avengers. We've got Thor. Bringing it all together and it all makes sense. So when when four movies in, they talk about Shield. You know what Shield is. You know, eight movies in, we're talking about the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War. It starts to make sense because you've had years. I mean, nearly a decade to get comfortable with that. That's what we're talking about in this formula. It was planned out from the beginning to look like this. Now, that doesn't mean there weren't slight changes along the way, because there were. There were tweaks. There were changes. There were recastings probably along the way. But they picked the right people at the right time and locked them in for a long period of time so that they got got into that mindset. You know, um, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., fits. It fits. Now, they're going to replace him. They're going to have to at some point. Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be Iron Man forever. So what do we do? We'll see. We'll see what they recast. Sony has not done that well with Spider-Man. They they had Tobey Maguire, then they had Andrew Garfield, now they have a new guy who's going to be part of the Marvel Universe. But it's constantly rechanging, recycling, and it's hard for it's hard for the audience to get behind that and and retell the story over and over and over. They want to move forward. They don't want to move backwards. They don't want to repeat over and over unless it's to catch me up. You know. Two or three minutes, catch me up, then move on. Don't give me two and a half hours of repeat and just a little bit new. So DC hasn't done a good job of that. Marvel has, and the formula has worked. Now, is the formula perfect? No. You got Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, but it works. They're not stinkers. They're not horrible movies in and of of themselves. They're not the best that Marvel Universe has put out, but they're not the worst. Uh, of movies put out at that time period. So the formula works, and some people say it's it's formulaic, it's routine, and therefore boring. But I would contend that the opposite of formulaic is spontaneous and random, and that hasn't worked. That hasn't worked because it doesn't work. There, these These universes are too complex, too ingrained in our lives, if you're a comic book reader, to just simply throw them up on the screen and say, let's hope that works. Let's just hope it works. And it doesn't when you do that. The first Incredible Hulk from Ang Lee didn't work for that reason. It was not connected. It was simply thrown out and said, here's a comic book movie. Go watch it, comic book fans. It didn't work because it didn't connect. It was too different and it just it did, didn't work. And Edward Norton's The Hulk did better. But uh, it was still a little iffy. It's come, up, come a long way since then. So when you hear the word formulaic, don't think bad things. Think of good things because it gives you better movies, more relatable movies. You know, in, in, in our storytelling, you have to have a beginning, middle, and end. Every story has a beginning, middle, and end. Now, sometimes it's told in the same movie. Sometimes it's told over a period of movies, like the Star Wars trilogies have done that beginning, middle, and end, and that's what you want. 
because it's a longer drawn out beginning, middle and end instead of this quick here, boom, 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 boom. I have to get you emotionally attached right now and you can't think of anything else or we're in trouble. That's what we're looking at here with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think it's a very good thing. So formulaic isn't bad. Formulaic can be very good. And in this sense, it is. So I'm looking forward to Captain America Civil War. I hope you are too. And what's to come from there. And I think it's going to be very, very exciting. Um, But again, Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman. Not... Not ideal, <laughs> not ideal uh, in how to portray things, and I think that shows in what was put up on the screen. So, thank you for joining me. I'm Chad. You can check me out at Comic Book Tales on Twitter. You can uh, hit me up at HannahTreeProductions.com or ComicBookTales.com and send us your comments, your feedback. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you. Bye bye.